You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for April 23rd, 2018. For the definitive version of the show, be sure to listen through either iTunes or Google Play using your favorite podcast app of choice. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found right here on Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey guys. Delayed hey guys there. What was that? It was like uh, on, a, on a delayed reaction <laughs> time. <laughs> I just screwed around. <laughs> Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for the Max Level podcast. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. Before we get into the episode, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with the Lazy Boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to TechniesportUSA.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box in all of our videos, and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razor. Thanks in advance for all of the support. And for the uh, audio listeners, uh, Frank was throwing bills around. Throwing bills throughout the air. <laughs> Last but not least, if you don't currently subscribe to our YouTube channel or the podcast, we've got a lot of great content you may be interested in. Simply search Level Down Games on any podcast app of your choice to see a list of our shows, including Max Level, BG Mania, Glow, and Revisiting the Classics. We also have a YouTube channel that sees at least one new video uploaded to it daily, and again, that can be found by searching for Level Down Games on YouTube. We'd love to see you around more often in our community, and we'd also love to hear from you too. If you want to contact the show, feel free to send an email to Max Level at leveldowngames.com. You can send us video game related questions and we'll answer them to the best of our ability, suggestions for Kickstart My Heart or Are You Afraid of the Dark, general thoughts on the latest happenings within the gaming landscape, or even questions specifically about myself or Frank. Any good questions received will most definitely be used in some form on the air during our shows. And lastly, I know I said last but not least, but there's one little cherry on top. A cool thing we started to do. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames and leave us a review on iTunes. We will send you one or two crappy Steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy Steam games. Here's the thing about Frank and myself. We like bad games. Remember good game, bad game? We want to start sharing our love of bad games with you. So if you sub to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, and leave us a review on iTunes. Contact us through Twitter or maxlevel at leveldowngames.com, and we'll send you one, two, or maybe even more crappy Steam games. You're giving away my games? I'm giving away your crappy okay. Steam games. Your crappy Steam games. You looked, oh, please, you, okay. you, you looked so upset for a minute, but no, no. No, no, nothing, you know, nothing, nothing, cra- cra- nothing crazy. Please take Please take my crappy games. <laughs> All right, man, let's kick the show off the same way we always do. And that's with a recap of what we've been playing over the past seven days. I have a couple. I think I have three games to talk about. How many do you got? What do you got? 
I have three that I'll be willing to talk about right now. One we'll talk about later on. Okay. Okay. Cool. Maybe two. Who knows? Ooh, maybe. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, definitely two. Definitely two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so the first game I played, and this game's about a year and a half old, but just came to the Switch. I played Owlboy. Okay, cool. That's right, Brian. I finally finally pulled the trigger and bought Owlboy. <laughs> nice. What do you think, man? Uh, it's fun. It, it's short. Uh, I'll just get that out of the way now. The game is short. I think I beat okay. it in like five hours. Um, but the music is amazing. The art is awesome. It, this game is a love letter to every retro game I've ever played. Like, so you are, you already finished this game, okay? I, that's impressive. I didn't actually I didn't actually think you would finish it that quick. It took me two days because I don't oh, okay. I, I don't have time to sit for a full thing. But still, it's about five right. hours. Right. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I want to give it another playthrough just to kind of actually like search for every little collectible along the way. Yeah. I just I just went through to actually see if I could beat the game. Okay. So it, without without going too hardcore into into it, about four or five hours. Okay. The next game I played though, oh, I'm so happy I played this game. I haven't beaten it. I'm not even far. Super Daryl Deluxe. Yeah, I saw you playing this the other day too. It, it is. <laughs> um, so I'll just it'll give you the Steam synopsis, then I'll give you my synopsis. So Steam says, experience high school again as Super Daryl Deluxe, the last totally normal high school themed RPG mania you'll ever want. It's all that and more. In fact, the game itself, and I'm not spoiling anything, kind of starts off the way that Castlevania Symphony of the Night starts. You're starting okay. up like fully leveled, you're, you're, you're like the epitome of things. Mm -hmm. And then all that is white mopped away, and you're back to level one, and you're doing the whole, you're, 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 build, you're building it up, you're, you're getting skills, you're making friends. Metroid kind of starts that way, too. You know, it kind of does. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, deal. yeah, yeah, because you always start with like all your abilities, and then... Something happens to Samus and she has to go recollect them. I mean, it's obviously the Metroidvania formula, so yeah, that's why well, it's, it's Metroid and Castlevania. So exactly, yeah. Um, the game's hilarious. There's like there's references to everything everywhere. Um, along the way, you get like pages of your grimoire, you or your journal, jewels you'll check out, or the collectibles. The game is absolutely amazing. Uh, I've only managed to hit level three. So okay. I think you can level all the way up to like level 60. Level three is in Daryl's um, level three or level three is in da stage three? Daryl's level three. Okay. Uh, okay. It's really, not, it's really not stages per se because there's like quests and stuff. Okay. Um, very heavy in the RPG element, which I didn't expect with this game. Obviously, if I would have read the description, it says RPG mania, but there you I don't go. read. There you go. The, <laughs> uh, the music is on point. Uh in fact, people who uh, you know, are listeners to uh, BG Mania, mm -hmm. I, re I recommend uh, giving, that, giving that a check because there will be a song in Radio Hour, Super Daryl Deluxe. There's also something from Owlboy. Well, uh, there is something from Owlboy as well. What can I say? <laughs> These are the games I'm playing. This is a game that I really need to kind of hunker down and start playing again because I love it. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a game just came out that's going to be taking most of my time. Yep. And we're going to kind of talk about this one in tandem. Yep. Absolutely. God of War. Yes. It's finally here, oh, dude. Yes, it's War. finally here. We've been waiting for several long years. Uh, obviously, this game was announced a few years ago. And yeah, obviously, in the modern day, modern day gaming landscape, it takes time to develop a game. But this is a game that I have been following since it was announced. And, you know, just counting down the days, man. Super excited for this. Uh, I, I know I'm not going to talk in a lot of great detail on it because I know you are several hours back from where I'm at. 
Uh, you just started the game, and I think you, yes. you're, you like, roughly two hours in, if I'm not mistaken. Um, All right. I am a man. I played for 11 hours on this past Friday, April 20th, uh, celebrated the holiday with my Rob Van Dam t-shirt on. And, uh, you know, per, per your, per your request, obviously per your request, cause nobody gets higher than RVD. And, uh, <laughs> I, I had that on and yeah, I, I started playing. I was hoping to start playing God of War late morning, early afternoon, but for some reason it obviously it was shipped from Amazon. I, I didn't get a copy early. So I bought my copy on Amazon and they sent it through UPS and UPS gets here in the afternoon, like sometimes late afternoon. I was kind of getting scared that I might not even be able to start it till like six or seven in the evening. Um, cause our, our regular, yeah. oh, our re- oh, oh, you had to start, you had to start, you had to start the game late. Okay. Oh yeah. We'll okay. get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. You gotta, <laughs> we'll get- you to start the game late. I feel, I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> get there. I, uh, <laughs> I um so our normal mail truck comes at like 1130 in the after and like in you know the like early afternoon so I was hoping to be able to I was hoping UPS would be somewhere around there because I don't get UPS packages that often most things I get are come through the mail or FedEx uh UPS is is something is far and few between so UPS showed up at like two o'clock uh I immediately went upstairs grabbed the game put it in the PS4 let it install it did the day one patch it was done by like 305 so I started playing at three and I played until just before 3 a.m. So I, I almost yeah. played for 12 hours, uh, but officially I'm, I'm about 11 hours in because I did stop for a half hour to eat dinner and I stopped for a half hour to walk the dogs. So it's yeah. amazing, dude. The game's amazing. That was kind of my plan as well to, to play for a nice big chunk. So let me recant you all a little tale, a tale of anger and pain. Mm-hmm. So Thursday, God of War releases at midnight on mm-hmm. Friday. April 20th. That's the way things are supposed to be. So after work, <laughs> after working a long day, a long, hard, tedious day and fighting track, I get to GameStop, pay with my game at 545 PM. Okay. The guy goes, and my cashier goes, Oh, let's get him a sticker for, for lining up. And the jackass who works with him, I'm a clone jackass. I'm a clone jackass again in a little bit. He goes, <laughs> no, it's not six o'clock. It's, it's, it's not six o'clock yet. Okay. Uh, he has to wait. I says, I says, I said to him, I says, you know what? I really don't care where my place is in line. I said, I don't really care where my place is in line. Mm-hmm. I'll be back at midnight to pick up my game. Yeah. He goes, okay. And I go home having worked and been up since five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I took a nap. Sure. Took a, good, a nice, a nice solid nap. This way when I, I woke up, I'd be able to get a little energy. So, I leave my house. And again, GameStop from my house, five-minute walk, two-minute drive, so okay. I drove. That's uh, I drove. <laughs> I, and I went over there. I, I left here about 11.45 just to okay. kind of go, go feel out and see how long this line's going to be. And I get there, and GameStop is all lit up, but it's all shuttered up. Like, there's they have the gates down. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, hey, that's weird. Maybe they're going to reopen them at midnight. Okay. And I sat there for a good 15 minutes. Like an idiot. Okay. Why because like an idiot? Because it, <laughs> it never opened up. There was never one in the line. And at this point, I'm like, what the hell is this? I have a receipt here for my game. Yeah. I, and I really only wanted to get the game, bring it home, install the patch. I'll play after work. That, right. that was the plan. Right. In, in reality, I probably would have played until work. But that's not a good Yeah, right you there. probably wouldn't have went back to sleep at that point. You, you know that. <laughs> okay. So... In my anger, I get out of the car. It was freezing, not mind you, too. It's, I get out of the car. I woke up to that front door, ready to punch someone. Okay? And I see a sign that says, 
release party after we close at 9 p.m. So what they did was GameStop released the game three hours early at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, Jackass, he gave me no heads up when I said I'll be back at midnight. Sure. And I festered and stewed about this the whole day. Okay. Because <laughs> GameStop opens at 10 a.m. By then, I'm already yeah. deep into my, to my work day. Yeah. So I'm at work. I do my work the whole day. I'm thinking, I'm going to kill this son of a bitch. He's going to die. <laughs> so I, I drive home. Mm-hmm. I get caught in probably the worst traffic I've seen in a long time. I don't get home until about 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And I'm mad. Mm-hmm. But I go straight to GameStop. I walk out of my car. I swear to God, I walk like I was Vince McMahon, just arms up in the year, just bushwhackers. I, bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah. I storm in there, and he's behind the counter. And someone else started the customer. He goes, "Oh, I can help you." I look him right in the eye, and he goes, and he, he, "He tell that he know he knew he knew what he did." <laughs> did like, he? Did he remember you? <laughs> I do you, you forget? Man. That's true. That's I was true. Like, I'm here to pick up my copy of God of War. I, I said it like that. Mm-hmm. And like he, he was shaking, like he thought it was gonna hit him. He <laughs> gave my game. I re- was already paid for. It. He goes, "Did you want to renew your game?" I was even start that with me. And I just took my game and walked out. I'm never shopping there again. Yeah, that jackass could eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> now I take the game home, pop it in, and I had to wait three hours for the update. So sure. he screwed me. Sure, screwed me hard. He screwed me hard. Uh, I'm, I'm never going there again. I mean, no. well, I would never. I, I haven't shopped at GameStop in years, dude. So like I'm saying, it was total disrespect from top to bottom. All he had to do is for, for one, he could have gave me the sticker. And I would have known that, hey, nine o'clock. Yeah. I would have just wait, picked up at nine o'clock and you know, did my thing. Mm-hmm. Or he'd be like, oh, no, 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 not midnight, 9 p.m. Yeah. And I probably would have still shot at GameStop. Right. But they're done. Okay. It's, it's, good to, it's a freaking money on video games. It's it's a good it's a good decision. It's a I good decision. Best Buy and Amazon's the way to go. Brian, how often? I, I keep telling Brian every time I walk past the place, I go buy a game. You think they would show, show me a little respect, but whatever. You left the You're part done. out. You left the part out of the now story where you, you left the part out where you almost bought a Lavo. That did almost happen. Um, <laughs> it was it was sitting there right in front of me, and I was yeah. like. I really kind of want this, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to give them my money. Right. Plus, no, I, I know. didn't want to spend 70 bucks. No, I know. Uh, but I really didn't want to, I, I, I was, I'm done with them. Like, I didn't want to spend another single cent. Uh, they're, 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 it's, you don't do your customers like that. Right. That, that's, how, that's how you go out of business. They are eventually going to go out of business. I mean, yeah. it's it's not just their customer service that's so bad, but it's just like obviously as we move through the digital age and all this stuff, and Amazon keeps getting a stronger foothold, and uh, and, and best, yeah, and especially with Best Buy. So you're right, but service is a big thing. Yeah, you know, no like sometimes you're willing to spend. Sometimes you're willing to spend more if you know you're going to get a good job done. You know, that's why there's places they can charge more for food or more charge for for this or that, right? Because you know, because you know the experience is going to be a pleasurable one, right? Yeah. If there's nothing to entice me, you know, what would I get from you? A pre-order bonus of three shield skins for my for my game? Woo. I can care less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a crap about pre-order bonuses. That's why I don't normally pre-order. But it's just unfortunate now with Amazon. Like, you basically have to pre-order because they shut off, game, like, new games. Like, I Justin tried to pre-order God of War on Amazon, like, on Wednesday, and he couldn't do it. So, oh, wow. Um, they only they only take a certain amount of pre-orders now. And and we we were speculating and we we're wondering like if it's because of the 
the discount that they offer and maybe they only have so many that they're allowed to discount and uh, i'm not sure i'm really not sure no, what's going on there no because so. if i want to order a copy right now I'll, I'll have it tomorrow yeah no of course you would so i i don't know exactly how it goes but uh yeah no so so where are you actually at in god of war now that we've got the old tail tail the tape out of the way of how how it came to be for you to get the game so where are you what's the last uh, thing you did I have just finished fighting the stranger for the first time. I don't know if you fight him again. It's good. I, I can be too spoiled heavily because I don't know what happens. I don't uh, know if you fight him again either. So. <laughs> I don't know if you fight him again either. And I'm 11 hours in. There you go. <laughs> uh, I just crossed over a bridge with my son, Atreyu. That's mm-hmm. right. I call him Atreyu. Uh, he fell through a bridge. I fought a bunch of Draugr and I saved there. So okay. I'm not too far. No, you're not far at all. You're not far at all. But, I, but, but, but if there's any collectibles or shrines along the way that was able to be accessed. There's a ton of collectibles in this game, dude. There's a ton of collectibles. You have the uh, Odin's 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 eyes or Odin's ravens or whatever they are. Odin's ravens, just toys. Yeah, there's, there's shrines. Yeah, each 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 little area has its own artifact slash collectible that you can find that's unique to it. Like, you know, out on the ocean, you'll find like ship parts out and, you know, the one area you're in, you have toys and there's other areas you have masks and there's like there's just so many different collectibles. Obviously, the uh, the Odin's Odin's eyes or Odin's ravens, whatever. I think they're eyes, but they're actually little uh, ghostly ravens, little green ghostly ravens. Um, you there's those are in ev- those are everywhere. So every everywhere you go to, you you have to find those. There's a ton of those in the game. Um, you have hidden doorways that allow you basically to fast travel throughout the world that you have to find. You have all these different things, man. It's just the, the game is massive. And where I just got to before I saved and stopped playing on this past Friday, April 20th, obviously yesterday we record on Saturdays. I I just got to a point where my mouth if you watch if you were watching on on Twitch I don't I know you weren't because you're trying not to get spoiled in the game but anyone listening if they if they're regular viewers of our Twitch streams you saw my my jaw drop when I, at this point what I got to in the game and I'm I'm obviously avoiding spoilers for you and for anyone else but I got to a point where I realized how massive this game is so something happened to where I thought some you know I thought that something I thought the game was massive already but something happens that makes me realize huh what I'm seeing is like a fifth of the game <laughs> it's gonna be awesome I just can't wait I yeah. have my th- and if, and if it's not a stupid man I'm pretty sure I already know who the stranger is um they kind of clue you in at some point while you're exploring. You'll you'll come across somebody that kind of gives you an idea of who he might be, but they haven't actually said yet to the point in the game where I'm at who he actually is. Yeah, I'm narrowed down to two guys already, so. Yeah. No, then, again, then, then again, I'm a big Norse mythology guy. <laughs> right. No, I, he's definitely someone important to Norse mythology. Um, so what, what I want to talk about real quick with God of War, though, is you obviously got to the point where you realize this game is not a reboot like we thought. Oh, like they they like the the stranger actually talks to Kratos and says, you know, I know your history. I know your past. So this is legit the same Kratos that is the god of war. He is, you know, he is from the Greek mythology. He did kill all those gods over there. Like all the other games actually happened. And I actually thought this was like a soft reboot to where this was like obviously Kratos, but the Greek mythology was like a different Kratos or a different timeline. I thought this was something completely different, but it's the same Kratos. Which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, even like, even if you see like how he looks at his arms, like he's. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. freaking awesome. And I'm, I'm happy as hell. Yeah. And, and he's basically triple H. So. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. probably the best assessment I could put out there. Yeah. Um, Looks just like him. <laughs> my only my only little gripe so far, and it's not even a gripe. Okay. It's 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 hard for me to get into these controls. It's, it's a little weird for me just because it's I've been so out of practice. Of you know, one one character is my is my bow, and then you know, I'm throwing axes, and this is and that's it's. It gets really easy to manage as you get further into the game. I well, mean, of course, I'm, yeah. I'm not too much far in. I'm sure it'll become second mm. nature in a little while. Yeah. Uh, I, I've gotten really good with throwing the axes around. And, and let me tell you, man, the combat in this game is very satisfying. Um, I, I love being able to just stand off at range with Kratos and just snipe with my axes. And obviously on, on normal enemies, if you hit their heads, like that's, that's the weak point. And they'll, they'll take more damage if you can actually hit their head. Very small target, though, so it's kind of hard to do. But uh, you'll get some skills and power ups because it is like an RPG. It's very much it very much follows the Horizon Zero Dawn formula. So, you know, you can skill up, you can get all this kind of stuff. You can invest into certain trees, whether you want to invest in your axe or your shield or your son's bow or, you know, some magic. other stuff. So, yeah, some other magic, which you haven't unlocked yet, but uh, you can see it in your skill tree. And, you know, you have all these different ways you can upgrade your armor, equip enchantments and gems like Warcraft. Um, the, the game is very deep when it comes to RPG like elements. And it's fun, man. This game is really fun. I, I'm very happy with it. I can see why everyone gave it close to perfect 10 scores, if not a perfect 10. Um, because when all is said and done, my, my plan right now, if you're watching this podcast, there's a good chance I'm done with this game. So my plan right now is as soon as we're done recording today, I'm going to keep playing God of War. Like I'll be live tonight, Saturday, God of War, twitch.tv slash level down games. I'll be live tomorrow, Sunday. So again, if you're watching this podcast on Monday, I was live all this past weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. If I'm not done with God of War by the time this podcast is posting, I will finish it on Monday. Um, and my, my plan is as soon as I'm done to go ahead and cut a review. Um, I'll do the review live on Twitch. And then as soon as I'm done, I'll cut it. I'll get some footage uploaded and I'm going to put a review up on YouTube as well. Like I, I nice. really, I I'm really happy with this game. I, and I'm not rushing through it. I mean, I'm doing the same thing. You are every corner, every nook, every cranny I'm looking, I'm finding collectibles. Am I going to go back? Maybe not. I, I tend not to backtrack in games. So like I might not go back to some of the original areas after I unlock things and, and, and try to find collectibles there. That's something I don't generally do in games unless I'm going for a platinum trophy and I'm not going for a platinum trophy here. But um, I might, though, I'm having a lot of fun with this game and I'm hoping and I'm assuming that this game is one where you can continue to play after you beat the game. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming gonna I'm going to backtrack no matter what I'm assuming just, it's but I'm assuming it's like a, you know, one of those formulas where it's Fallout or Skyrim or Horizon Zero Dawn, where after you finish the game, you can continue to play in that world. Just the main story is done or even Breath of the Wild the same way. So. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, it's it's like that. But if not, I mean, whatever. It is what if, it is. But if not, you know, just be sure have a game save before the final boss and you're good to go. Exactly. Exactly. But no, it's a great game. Great game. So keep an eye out on our YouTube channel over on Twitch and our website for a for an inevitable God of War review. It'll probably either be posting today or tomorrow, to be honest. I mean, today is in Monday. Tomorrow is in Tuesday. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, did you play anything else? Uh, nothing I can talk about right now. Okay. Okay. We'll get to it later then. Yeah. So um, we got one game we're going to talk about in our main discussion. And I'm sure you've got one game you're going to talk about revisiting the classics. Exactly. So, so I got two other games to talk about then for here for what we have been playing. I want to kick things off with uh, Dead by Daylight because I want to talk about this game for a minute. Uh, I know it's been a minute since you played it. Uh, it's been actually a while since you played it. Yeah. It's been a few weeks yeah. since you played it. Uh, Sean and I have been hitting it hard. 
Like Sean, Sean, you know, finished school last week. Um, I didn't realize he's not 100% finished with school. He's got one little class left. It's a couple of weeks, so he's doing that class now. But he had a break in between classes. So this, this entire past week over at Twitch, we were playing Dead by Daylight for five to six hours a day. Monday through Friday. We started around 1 p.m. Eastern and we played till about six or seven Eastern. Um, and we, we were hitting it hard. I'm actually already halfway through my prestige level two. I'm at like 550K blood points or something like that. So I'll actually prestige three probably by the end of this week based on how things are going. Um, but the game right now is it's not broken, but their new emblem system, which you are familiar with because you were testing it in the beta, um. they've made it hard to rank up. And they've made it very hard to play as a survivor because with the killer emblems, if the killer so chooses to focus on one or two different emblems, all they do is camp the hooks now. So, you know, you, you basically if you're the first one seen, you're not you're going to die and you're going to depip, and you're not even going to be able to rank up. And it's just it's frustrating. And I was talking to a couple of different Twitch streamers. I was I jumped into Mr. Dave's channel the other day and, and was chatting with him. And he feels the same way. Like the game is just very, very hard to play. It's still fun, especially when you're playing with friends. It's still fun to play. But the game is just so frustratingly broken right now with with how Survivor is that I really feel like the developers have to do something with this emblem system if they're going to keep it, which I'm assuming they're going to keep it because it was in beta and it obviously made it out of beta, which means they're happy with it. I think it needs some tweaking. Something has to be done here because the killers are definitely taking advantage of, you know, survivor. And and it's funny because like sometimes when you get in after the matches, the killers will be like, you know, they're just like trash talking and just saying like, you know, my my entire purpose was just to get you all to deep hip. So like they're literally just griefing survivors now and not making it hard to rank up. Obviously, the best of the best like uh, angry pug and all that kind of stuff on twitch they're still up there with the uh, in the high ranks like rank one two three four five but for for everyday average players like myself like sean i'm sean can't make it past rank 18 um, you know what honestly there's an easy fix for this and it's the exact opposite of when you have people who hide out when you hide out how you have little birds and stuff coming yeah. and you what, what situation this if you're being camped by the killer mm -hmm. what you should do is, is just for one slow the killer down to increase your chances of getting off the hook no oh, that's a good idea like you so, know for, for yourself it, it, for it, yourself it, getting off or whatever you'll, you'll, you'll get like a speed boost to get out of there he'll be slow and it's always like a hey you can't play the game this kind of way i mean there's still there's a good chance you'll die but you well, know, of course least... but at least it gives you a fighting chance so yeah that's actually not a bad idea yeah, uh, that's, that's the easy fix yeah of course but yeah, Sean can't get past rank 18. Justin, Justin, who played, you know, 600 plus 700 plus hours of this game is rank 17, um, which oh. which is crazy. I have managed to get up to rank 13. That doesn't mean I'm better than than Justin. It just means Justin hasn't played as much as me because Justin could easily get to where I'm at. Uh, I, I just over this past week, I played a lot and, and I got kind of lucky with some of my games and I would either double pip or just got extremely lucky. So. But yeah, the highest I've made it is rank 13. I've been one pip away from rank 12, but I've yet to actually get rank 12. I think I'm rank 14 right now because I lost a few pips. So the last couple of games I played. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about Dead by Daylight for a minute because I'm really frustrated with how it's going. The last game I want to talk about today, obviously I've got a war with my other game. So we already talked about that. Last game I want to talk about is World of Warcraft for a minute. 
Uh, I'm getting increasingly close to the the deadline I set for myself. I think it was uh, I can look here. It was the second the second Saturday in May, so May twelfth. Uh, I'm three weeks away from my my deadline of buying Battle for Azeroth with in game gold, and I have not really made anything since the last time I did a progress report. None of my stuff is selling. Um, I, I to the point now where I'm considering just caving and buying it to start working on my alliance characters for battle for azeroth because when sean and i got frustrated the other day in dead by daylight and the servers were kind of getting having some issues and we were just lagging all over the place and depipping we switched over to world of warcraft sean reactivated his warcraft account uh it's been deactive for a little while he used to play warcraft as much as i did back in the day so he reactivated his account and we started our horde tunes we finally got i finally started my undead warlock he started an undead warrior named reginald And we were uh, we were just progressing through the, uh, you know, through the Tears Fall Glades and through the through the Undercity and having fun. Um, it, it was a blast. I think we made it to level 11 or 12 within the first hour, which isn't bad. Um, he's also making an alliance character on my server where I have my alliance tunes. So we're going to be definitely taking some Warcraft breaks from Dead by Daylight because I'm trying to get him back into Warcraft and I'm trying to get myself back into Warcraft before Battle for Azeroth. So if we switch to our alliance characters, I'm probably just going to go ahead and buy the expansion with with money and just save the gold for whatever I need in the actual expansion, because I, I just don't think in three weeks I'm not going to make another 600,000 gold. I'm not going to. And that my, my goal was to be able to buy it and still have 300,000 left over. So I would need about 900,000 to do that. And I just don't think I'm going to get to that point. I'm just shy of 400,000 now. So I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. So that, it's unfortunate. Try, but try, try harder, bro. Try harder. Dude, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a try hard, man. I'm a try hard. So I got to keep going. But uh, no, it, it is what it is. Warcraft's still a lot of fun to me, so I'm glad to be playing it. I'm glad Sean was playing it, and I forgot how much fun game that how much fun that game is when you are playing with a friend. Because for the for the past eight or nine months, I've been playing by myself, and you know, just solo questing and, and just jumping in the game, doing stuff, and jumping out. Like there's no interaction here when I jump into the game. So actually, partying up with someone, talking to someone, playing with someone, it's it's a lot more fun that way. So. Is what it is. That's what I've been playing this week. Obviously, most of my time is being spent with God of War and a game we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But but right now, it's it's mostly just God of War. But let's move into the Weekly Scoop News Report. This is the shortest that the Weekly Scoop News Report has ever been. Where you can and cu- ever will be. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, uh, end of April, early May is generally a very slow time. We are getting into the bulk of E3 season here in about a month and a half. Obviously, E3 is middle of June. The E3 season really starts like the end of May, though. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll get a lot of news happening around into May. We'll get some announcements and we'll get like we'll get announcements. But then we'll get like, you know, tune in to our E3 press conference or tune in t- uh, at E3 to see the first look trailer. So like we'll start getting announcements here towards the end of May. And for us, man, E3 season is starting on May 14th. So we've got after this one, we got two more podcasts to go and then we're E3 season because we're going to have four separate podcasts dedicated to E3. We're going to have one where it's, you know, we're, we're going to do our third party E3 predictions. We're going to do our Microsoft E3 predictions. We're going to do our Sony E3 predictions and our Nintendo E3 predictions. Those are four separate weeks. So we're dedicating an entire month, May 14th, May 21st, May 28th, June 4th. Those are all E3 podcast episodes. So E3 season for us starts in two weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. And why am I talking about E3? Because I'm going to kick things off with our big news, as we always do. We got confirmation of Ubisoft's E3 press conference. They set theirs for June 11th, as they always do. Um, You know, they they always go on Monday. 
June 11th is a Monday. Ubisoft will host its E3 2018 press conference on Monday, June 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern at the Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles, which is the exact same time they always go. So no no deviations from their schedule there. Uh, a pre-show will be beforehand. A post-show will be afterhand. Uh, we'll be out. Well, I'll be live on Twitch with the pre-show beforehand. I'll be live on Twitch when the uh, when the show starts. If by chance Frank gets home before the show ends, he'll join I'll me. I'll jump in. Yeah, he'll, he'll just join. You'll just join me mid-conference. So if you get home before it ends, or you can join me for the post-show, and I'll just recap everything you missed. Um, so I, I'm, you know, it's it's going to be the same studio setup. Like your picture is going to be there if you're not there. It just you know it'll just be a placeholder till your camera comes back on. So we'll have to get a nice little nifty Frank picture of you doing something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just waiting for uh, just waiting to come back live. And then obviously Sony's going to be Monday night. They haven't officially announced it yet, but Sony is always Monday night at night at like 9 p.m. Eastern. You'll definitely be there for that one. And then um, the only one you're actually going to miss, I think, is Nintendo because it's always at like noon on Tuesday, which is yeah. unfortunate. Um, so but we've got four of our conferences now locked in place. EA is going to be on Saturday, June 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern Microsoft on Sunday, June 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern Bethesda on the, at 930 on Sunday, June 10th. And then June 11th being uh, 4 p.m. Eastern is Ubisoft. So definite, uh, definite exciting times coming up here. I, I really hope that all of you are excited for our e3 predictions because like i said we're definitely going to be doing four different shows for e3 predictions we could lump it up all into one but that would make too too much of a big show and i want to have separate predictions for everybody like i want us to have like you know a set number for sony a set number for nintendo a set number for microsoft and then kind of a set number encompassing all of third parties like ubisoft ea square enix thq nordic all that stuff bethesda so it'd be fun it'll be fun Let's talk game announcements. We have one new game announcement to talk about this week, and it's it's a surprising one to me here. I did not think this game was ever going to exist. Saber Interactive has announced NBA Playgrounds 2 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch and PC. It's set to launch later in 2018. I'm I'm I'm, really? I'm amazed by this, yeah, because NBA Playgrounds was an awful game. We have a review up for it on LowerDownGames.com. I think I gave it a six out of ten, if I'm not mistaken. Um, most people gave it less than that, or or right around there. Like NBA Playgrounds, kind of kind of bombed on a on a on a scale of you know if you look at how reviewers reviewed that game. But a description of this one here, NBA Playgrounds 2 raises the intensity of the series over the top two-on-two street action with a new lineup of online and local multiplayer game modes, as well as new courts from playgrounds across the world. Playgrounds Championship Mode introduces a new worldwide ranked league system, featuring multiple competitive solo and co-op division ladders for players to climb. Season Mode is a new single-player experience that recreates the feeling of leading a team through the regular season, playoffs, and ultimately the NBA Championship itself. There's also improved matchmaking with dedicated servers, the arrival of four-player online matches, the return of three-point contests, custom matches, and more. Pick your team and play without limits. NBA Playgrounds 2 continues to feature the sport's biggest players front and center. The game will launch with a massive roster of over 200 current and retired NBA players, including Stephon Curry, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Giannis... Oh my god, I can't pronounce that name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes, yep. it is. Is that that's probably not how you pronounce it? Anthony Close Davis, enough. Anthony Davis, Demar Derozan, Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, Shaq, your future 
WWE Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Do- Magic Johnson, Dr. J, I almost said Dr. Dre, Dr. J, Allen Iverson, and Larry Bird. There are new moves and power-ups to bust out, improved AI, and new player models and animations. We have a trailer for this tomorrow on Game Oracles. So as always, join us in the morning and check it out. Probably not going to play this one, though. Probably not going to play it. I don't know. They are making the other ones are putting out a uh, Shaq Fu. So, yes, they are. Yes, they are. So this could be amazing. It might be. It might be. <laughs> I you know what, man? I kind of hope it is because I hope that they learned what they did wrong with NBA Playgrounds. And I hope that this is the NBA jam we, we wanted with NBA Playgrounds. If it's it only is, been a year. they're not exactly. I know. I know. But I'm just hoping that maybe it's better. We'll have to see if it if it's better and it is like NBA Jam. I'll play it because obviously we know we both like NBA Jam. So the game is my jam. <laughs> game is your boom shakalaka. <laughs> let's talk teases and leaks. That's the only game announcement this week. So let's talk teases and leaks. We've got two. And both of these teases and leaks are pretty freaking massive, in my opinion. So, speaking of the the Nintendo Switch, there's one series in particular that you and I have always said we hope would return to it. Not Animal Crossing. Do you know which series this is off the top of your head? I thought Animal Crossing was the answer here, but uh, no, nope, it's not, not. It's not Animal Crossing. It's it's a this this series had a game on the N sixty four and a game on the GameCube. It's not F zero. Perfect Dark. No, it's not Perfect Dark. It's not rare. We're not going there. Yeah. A, a new Wave Race title may actually be in production. Really? Speaking to fandom at the 14th British Academy Games Awards held last week, Nintendo developer and Wave Race producer Shinya Takashi teased a new entry. Quote, you may see that again, he said regarding Wave Race. We have been trying to make many games, so that may be one of them. And I personally love Wave Race. So it sounds it sounds you've had to mention that's a Game Boy game. Uh, uh, Well, yeah, but I I never that's not the best. Not not a good entry right there. (laughs) Not a good good news. That's a good if that's legit. Oh, man. Yeah. So so there's potential here. If the tease is legit, maybe we see something in June. Maybe maybe this is part of their E3 press conference. Maybe. Originator, make it so. Yeah, make it so, man. I obviously we've talked about we I would love a new wave race. I would love a new wave race. And I, I think it's the perfect game for uh perfect game for for the Switch. Perfect game for the Switch. Um breaking news. Breaking news before we get to our next uh oh, oh, this yeah. was this this was published eight minutes ago. Breaking news. We've got one more game announcement to talk about. One more game announcement. Housemark, one of my favorite, obviously, studios when it comes to uh, twin stick shooters and, and shmups. Obviously, Housemark is Rezogun. They are next Machina, all, all this kind of stuff. Housemark has announced Storm Divers, a high flying and heavy hitting multiplayer centric experience that runs on a combination of the studio's in-house VFX engine and Unreal Engine 4 and uses Amazon's game tech server infrastructure. Speaking at Reboot Develop 2018, Housemark said the game will leverage the company's core strengths, including second to second gameplay and visual effects and explosions. There was a teaser trailer announced with this tomorrow, so we'll have it for tomorrow on Game Oracles. So as always, join us and check it out. Back to the regularly scheduled tease and leak we were going to get to. This one here 
is very, very exciting to me. This one's very exciting to me because Bandai Namco has trademarked also Sprock Zarathustra in the United States for the. I don't, I don't know what that means. I didn't assume you did. That is the <laughs> subtitle for Xenosaga Episode 3, which was which was released for the PlayStation 2 in 2006. This is strong evidence that Bandai Namco is moving forward with the rumored Xenosaga Trilogy Remastered Edition, which needs to happen. It needs to happen. Xenosaga is one of the best trilogies when it comes to RPGs, and it's kind of stuck on the PS2. The games are stuck there. Uh, they were never released anywhere else, and it's been a long time since we've seen anything from this. Obviously, Xenosaga um, has other games like Xenogears on the PlayStation. That's part of the same universe. Xenoblade is part of the same universe. So Xenosaga, I think this. I think if this is true... It's going to be massive because a lot of people have been asking for this remastered edition, um, especially if it's up, upgraded graphics, if especially if they actually do like the, uh, you know, the Final Fantasy 10, Final Fantasy 12 route where they actually touch up the graphics. I'm assuming it's not going to be fully remade. That would be too much work. These games are 90 hours a piece and there's three of them. So um, but I'm just like upscaling the resolution, upscaling the graphics a little bit. It's going to be massive. And I would play through these games again. Uh, it's been it's been 12 years since I played the third one. And even longer since I played the first and second. So if this is true, this is massive. And maybe maybe this means we'll actually get more in the Xenosaga series because Xenosaga, there was more planned for that for that franchise as well. Obviously, like hey, I said, Xenogears is different. It's always the best way to do it. It's yeah. always the best way to do it. Just, you know, test test public uh, reaction. And exactly. If so, this will make a game. Exactly. So I, that, that would be very exciting to me if they end up doing that. We'll have to see. Maybe maybe this will also get announced at E3. Who knows? Again, we're getting in that season where these teases and leaks may come to fruition sooner exactly. rather than later. We have a delay to talk about, though. We have so one... I was hoping we'd make the whole episode without hearing that. Right? <laughs> we have a delay to talk about. And just like last week, it's only affecting. Well, not just like last week, but because last week we talked about Center Sacrifice for Redemption and how it was delayed because of the Nintendo Switch version. This game is just being delayed for the Nintendo Switch. The other versions are launching when they're supposed to. So something's going on with the Switch version of this game and they decided they needed more time to get it working properly. And I think I understand why when you hear what game it is. Bandai Namco has delayed the Switch version of Dark Souls Remastered. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so then the, right, I could have called that one. The, the Nintendo Switch version was planned to launch on May 25th alongside the versions on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. They are not delaying the PS4, Xbox One, PC versions. They are still launching on May 25th. But yeah, the uh, the, the Nintendo Switch version has been delayed to a unspecified date coming later this summer. Oh, man. I hate to say it. I could have called that one. That's no, so it's any 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 game that is that graphically intense, especially a remaster of a game that was already graphically intense. You know, they're going to have to cut some corners and pull some strings to get it working on the switch. And I think they're just running out of time. We're a month away. We are legit a month away from the game coming out. So they have to go gold. These games have to go gold at some point. Just so. go the 2K route and just put out like, you know, WWE 2K 18 style. <laughs> Dark Souls. No, 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 no. I think they're trying to avoid that. <laughs> I think they're trying to avoid that because obviously with 2K, they just they had to put the game out because it was, you know, it was too long. And I guarantee you we don't see WWE 2K19 on the switch. I guarantee it. 
I guarantee oh, yeah. I guarantee when that game comes out, it'll be PS4 and Xbox only with an eventual <laughs> PC release. But according to Bandai Namco, the new release timing gives the development team the time needed to make sure Nintendo Switch players can fully appreciate the true Dark Souls experience anytime and anywhere, thanks to the unique portable nature of the Nintendo Switch. Basically, this means the game's not running right and we need more time to fix it. <laughs> Seems like downscaling with extra steps. Yes, yes, basically. Basically, it's unfortunate because I really wanted to check out Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch. Uh, I, I'm very curious, mostly because I was curious to see how it runs. Now I know how it runs. And I think I'm just going to pick it up on the PS4 next month. There you go. <laughs> yep, I think I'm just going to pick it up on the PS4 next month. Um, and, and that's the unfortunate thing with the Switch is that anytime these graphically intense games come out, it's going to be the same thing. That's why the games that we're seeing announced on the Switch now are ones that are are not that powerful and you know, they're, they're still beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like the switch is capable of beautiful looking games. Look at Mario Odyssey One of the, and look at Breath of the Wild, two of the best looking games in 2017. And I'd argue two of the best looking games still to this day. But God of War is kind of, you know, blowing them out of the water at the moment for me, because that, that game is aesthetically pleasing and jaw droppingly gorgeous. So but the switch is still capable of some awesome stuff. So I'm not I'm not worried about the switch, but it just sucks that these third party games are still going to suffer because of it, because that is the one area Nintendo really needs to needs to have support as third parties. And these these third parties are there, man, especially the Japanese ones. They're there. They're trying. They just can't get it to run right. So it sucks. It really, really sucks. We got random news. We got two more articles to talk about today. So and with the uh, with the breaking news, we actually had eight for the weekly scoop news report this week. So two random pieces of news to talk about this one here might interest you heavily. OK, what you got for me? SNK is going to debut new hardware that features a collection of popular Neo Geo titles as part of its 40th anniversary celebration the company announced the other day. Quote, are you crying? <laughs> Quote, this year, SNK celebrates its 40th anniversary, the company said in a tweet. It is with gratitude towards the fans who have supported SNK's titles, including the King of Fighters, Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdown, and Metal Slug, that we introduce a new game machine that compiles the popular titles of Neo Geo. Please look forward to it. The future is now. Further information was not announced. You see that? You see the hair sticking up? Oh my god! I got goosebumps. Um, look up the story oh, because there's a there's a tarp over this thing. There's a tarp over whatever this is. Oh my god! It, and I'm fairly confident it's an arcade cabinet. It's, oh my god! Look, like look at just. I legitimately have hair sticking up right now. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Oh my god! I'm so happy. Just look up. Look <sighs> up on. Look up on Google. SNK new hardware. And you should see the picture. It's just like on the left hand side, SNK 40th anniversary. The feature is now. And on the right is the Neo Geo thing, like a tarp over what looks like to be an arcade cabinet. Make it so. Oh, my but God. It, but it looks like it's, it's it, it it's looks a, like it's, it'll it's be like a, it's, like, it's like a mini tabletop. It'll, it'll, it'll be it'll be something you could put on your like your desk and, and it but it'll be an arcade cabinet. Yeah, but it'll it'll probably be what? 200 bucks, maybe. Probably, and I'll spend that money happily. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody can tell here, but I'm happy as hell. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, my god. no, no, no. Um, it's something I would you, buy you, too. You, 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 you were right. I am interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. But I'm uh, definitely, I'm definitely going to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it as well. I'm gonna, well, whatever, whatever it is, I think I'm gonna pick it up because I think it's worth having. I think that's something worth having. Yes. But okay. I, I have a feeling you're going to buy it before me. No, it's day one. I, as soon as I find this thing on a pre-order, it's considered done. Yeah, I have a feeling you'll buy it before me. 
And you know who I'm not going to pre-order this from? GameStop. <laughs> All right, man. Last bit of news to talk about here. This one also is probably going to interest you. So, on in August of 2017, the game launched for PlayStation 4 and PC, a 25th anniversary edition, and it's still coming to the Xbox One, but it's now coming to Nintendo Switch later this summer. That game is Night Trap. <laughs> Night Trap is finally coming to the Switch 25 years after Nintendo said this game would never be on one of their platforms. Nintendo said this game, this Nintendo said this game would never be up here on a Nintendo platform just because of just how, how this game is. And yeah, it's, it's coming to the Switch. Limited Run Games is going to publish a physical edition of the game as well. Have you ever played this? Nope. So bad. I know it is. So, so bad. I know it is. I know it but, is, but 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 so so good in the fact that it's so so bad. Yeah, like, like I said, we love bad games, and like I said, guys, take my crappy Steam games. But this right yep. here, oh my god. Yep. There is a trailer for the Nintendo Switch version of Night Trap that we have for tomorrow's episode of Game Oracles. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. But as always, this is coming later this summer. Let's talk about what's releasing this week in the new releases for the week of April twenty third. We've only Nothing. got. We, there really isn't, man. There really isn't. I, I know. I looked um, I looked for things that we can include in here. I found three games that are worth talking about coming out this week. Pick of the week is going to be easy this week. And if, if you go with a, if you go with the just a solo version, but I know what my pick of the week is, though. That's and it. everything that's coming out is releasing tomorrow, Tuesday. April 24th. So all three. And there are other games. There's, there's smaller games coming out. But the three. Of course, there's, there's yeah. a game that comes out every day. If you want yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. So but the three we're going to talk about, they all release tomorrow, Tuesday, April 23rd. We're going to kick things off with a game that is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. It's Adventure Time Pirates of the Enchiridion. And in, in, in Kyridian. In Kyridian. In Kyridian. Good games. Are they? Too. Are they? Yeah. I'm glad, you knew, I'm glad you knew what the title of the game was before I actually had to sit there and wonder how to pronounce that. Uh, Ahoy! The Land of Ooh. Is that how you pronounce that? Ooh, is that part of the show? Yeah, right. It's just oh, 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 oh. Is underwater, right. and it's up to Finn and Jake to find out why. Join our heroes as they explore the high seas, search for hidden clues, interrogate shady suspects, and fight pirates to solve the mysteries and save their waterlogged world. So you've played these games. I have. They're actually pretty fun. Uh, I have the special edition one for the 3DS somewhere. It actually comes with an Enchiridion case, so okay. it's pretty cool. Cool. Well, that's good to know, because, I mean, that's coming to the Switch, too, so that's a good Switch game there, then. I may have to look into it and see uh, if it's worth my time, but the last one was, so I yeah. can't see how this one would be. Yeah, but that, that's another perfect example of what I was talking about. Like, these games are still coming to the Switch, but, like, ones that are not so graphically intensive, because yeah. Adventure, Adventure Time is very cartoony. Very cartoony. It's that's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, our next game to talk about, one that I'm very interested in, coming to PC only. It's Frostpunk. Frostpunk is the first game of society survival. In an ultimately frozen world, people develop steam-powered technology to oppose the overwhelming cold. The city ruler has to manage both the inhabitants and the infrastructure the citizens live in. Obviously, this was included in our... Thunderdome for Q2 and Game Oracles and a lot of different things. Uh, we've yeah. seen a couple trailers on this. It looks interesting to me. This game looks very interesting. So I'm going to be I'm going to I don't know if I'm going to pick this up immediately because it comes out, obviously, in a couple days. But and I have got a war to finish and I have a couple other things to finish. Exactly. So I, that's a problem. Yeah, I might I might hold off on this until <laughs> I can uh, I might hold off on this until I can actually afford it more. 
or have more time for it, but is what it is. I'll, I'll definitely be picking this up soon. I really want to play this game and I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what I can do here with the with the city because some of these pictures that they show in the press release are pretty impressive. It really was. So. Yeah, yeah. The last game coming out this week is coming to Nintendo Switch, but it also released everywhere else this past uh, November. Or, I'm sorry, I think it was October. South Park, The Fraction Butthole. It's finally releasing on the Nintendo Switch. It comes out Tuesday, tomorrow, April 24th. From the creators of South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, comes South Park, The Fractured Butthole, a sequel to 2014's award-winning South Park, The Stick of Truth. Obviously, you finished this game. I have not finished it. Um, but technically, you, I have, technically, I still have the DLC. Well, you still have the DLC. Yeah. I, I get to play Casa Bonita, but I do have it. I checked it last night to make sure I have it. I do have yeah. it. Yeah. So, but, and this version does not come with the DLC, I don't think. I think you do still have to buy the DLC separately, so it, yeah. it, it is being sold just like a normal game. So, but that's it for the new releases for this week. Like I said, there's a couple other smaller games in there as well, but none worth really mentioning. Uh, pick of the week this week. I'm going to give the nod to Frostpunk. Okay? That's that's Actually. what I was going to say. Frostpunk is pick of the week this week for me. Yeah. That's why I said, depending on if you, I, if you choose a game that's just coming platform, you know, that's why I was going to say South yeah. Park. But no, I'm giving the nod to Frostpunk. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I've already played South Park. It's not, mm -hmm. no, I'm too excited for it for a Switch version. But, yeah. if you, but if you haven't gotten it yet and you want it on the Switch, give it a shot. Agreed. It's, it's, it's pretty freaking crazy. Agreed. Agreed. Frostpunk, Frostpunk looks great, though. But uh, I definitely think that's pick of the week this week. Let's move into half of our main discussion, though, for this episode. Like I said, we, we, we talked about this last week on the podcast. We got a review to do on, the, on today's episode. Yes, and we're, we do. We're going to be reviewing Far Cry 5 because we've both now come to the point where we're able to review this game. And I think that we need to get this review done. So we're going to review Far Cry 5 here on the podcast. Later on, we're going to have a second half to this just to kind of make the main discussion a little bit more fun. So it's not just a review, but it's time to review Far Cry 5. And Far Cry 5 is an impressive game. I'm I'm really yeah. I'm really happy with um with with what with what I saw within Far Cry Five, so I want to paint a little bit of a picture here before we get into the logistics of the game. Sure, sure. Far Cry Five takes place in Hope County, Montana. Basically, you are going and you're playing as this unnamed character. At the start Deputies. of the at deputy or rook is what he's is re, he's referred yeah. to throughout the game. Deputy Depp or Rook is basically what everyone calls him. And he's this unnamed character. Though. It's the first time you're actually playing in a far in a Far Cry game where you're not playing a named character. You're just Deputy Rook Depp. It's, it's supposed to be you. So the character is you. And at the start of the game, you do have the option to choose between a male protagonist or a female protagonist. You can be whatever gender you want to be. And that's actually really cool because I didn't even know about that going into the game that you were able to select your gender. I thought you just played as a male. So that's actually that was actually surprising to me. Um, but the whole entire premise of Far Cry 5 is that you are trying to take down this cult and these cultists and these leaders that are kind of spread out throughout Hope County, Montana. So there's the overall main leader of this cult, the father, Joseph Seed. And then he's got these three brothers and sisters that rule their own individual areas. You have Jacob Seed, John Seed, and Faith Seed. They're the leaders of each one of these areas. You got the Whitetail Mountains up north. You got um, Falls End, I think is the name of the city or the town yes. over there on the uh, the left-hand side of the map. And I forget what's on the, oh, the uh, the jails on the right-hand side, the um, the the penitentiary or whatever. That's, that's in Faith's Correct. area. Um, 
and, and basically you go to these three areas, you know, those those three that I talked about, and that's where you start your journey throughout each one of these areas. And each basically how this works is that you need to raise the resistance points in each of these three zones to take down each leader and eventually reach Joseph near the end of the game. So how do you raise resistance points? So you go through each area, you go to the main starting point for each one, first of all, and you get introduced to a couple different main story missions. And from there, you go and do that and you might run into like, you know, some some cultists on the side of the road interrogating or harassing a resistance member and you free them and that raises your resistance points or you blow up a truck or you kill a VIP leader and that raises your resistance points or you blow up some silos and that raises the resistance points. The best way to do it is to take down the outposts, the cult outposts and complete the main story missions. Main story missions account for anywhere from 600 to 900 resistance points per mission. Uh, the side quests you do are anywhere from like 100 to 300. And then the outposts, I think, are a couple hundred as 300 to 500, I believe, are for the outposts. So it's definitely there's a lot of side missions. too. There's like. a ton, man. So let's just take like the left hand side with Falls End over there for a minute. Okay. There's 54 missions in that area alone. And there's only only. 13 or 14 of those are main story missions in that area. The rest are all side missions, but the side missions are actually kind of fun. Some of them, some of them. Yeah, but there's, yeah, some of them are pretty, yeah. some, of, like, some of them are very run of the mill. Easter eggs and jokes. Yes. And... yes, there are some that are good and that are fun and worth doing. Like, did you do the one? I'm sure you did where you go to um, back to, oh man, what's the name of the character who flies the plane? Nick Rye. Um, you, yes, go, yeah, okay. you go You go back to his home because after you finish that area, his wife calls you and she's like, you and Nick need to get here quick. And you go there and it's basically she's giving labor and you have to drive her and Nick to the medical center. And all this just crazy stuff is happening as you're going by. Like she's and, and you, you can turn your camera and look back at her while you're driving if you're good enough, which I was trying to do because her facial expressions were absolutely hilarious while you were doing this. But there's like all these things happening. There's like fire explosions. There's a plane crashing in front of you. These cows are running. These pigs are rolling. She's like, why is all this happening? This is like a game. <laughs> and it's just it's it's so funny because they just do all this stuff and just to kind of make it to where you can't make it to the hospital on time because you're on a timer. You have to get there yeah. within a set limit of time. Um, but it's just, it, those are the type of side quests I like doing. The ones that actually add to the story and that actually have purpose. Um, going out and, you know, collecting a couple things. I don't, I, I always avoided the side quests. We hate, we hate yeah, quests I always too, avoided the side quests that are fetch quests. I always did. I, I mainly focused on the ones that added elements to the story or the main story mission itself, because the main story missions, just let me tell you this right now. The main story missions of Far Cry 5, some of the best that the series has seen. The main story missions in this game are incredible, especially as you continue to raise your resistance points and each leader, Jacob, John and Faith, slowly start doing more things to you while you're progressing throughout their regions like they capture you and like, you know, um, Jacob will take you up to his little area where he keeps people prisoner and opens his uh, music box and you hear only you like you just th those types of moments right there. Very impressive to me, like the storytelling and the, the way that Far Cry 5 progressed through things. Very, very good. And I think I, I think I'd be comfortable enough saying I have not played Far Cry 1, but I have played 2, 3, 4 and Primal. I think this is my favorite Far Cry to date. I do. Um, and that's saying a lot because Far Cry 3 to me is was was one of my was one of my top 
games for a while. Far Cry 3 is amazing, but I think Far Cry 5 just does it a little bit better. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, this is my first Far Cry. I've played other. I've played I know that, that's through. why. I've played, I've played, that's why I'm curious. I've, I've, like I've, 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 I've dabbled in others, but I really was impressed with this. I'm curious. I've someone, won- someone watching or listening to this review that's never played a Far Cry, that basically your experience. So, 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 yeah. just like, so, would you recommend this for I, a newcomer? To absolutely. The like, yeah. You, you could jump. You could jump right in. This story itself is self-contained. There's nothing you need to know from other games. Of course not. Uh, well, a great story in general. Mm-hmm. I love the whole cultist angle and how uh, how maniacal the, the seeds are, and how, and, but but they're doing it for religious reasons, so they believe in it, they buy into it. It's you know, it's it's good as, to as most cults are. I mean that they did they buy into what they're doing. Like it's it's very true to life. It's very true to life, and it's uh, very said, very much grounded in what's happening right now, which is crazy. I was gonna kind of get around to that. I was gonna pussyfoot around that. It's like it's very topical. Yeah, this, 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 this game is without without spoiling spoiling anything. This game is very topical, without spoiling uh, anything. I like the buddy system. I've always liked having companions in games. Yeah, let's talk about that. So there's nine different AI companions you can bring with you on missions. Um, I know who my favorite is, all by and far. But I'm dying to hear can, from you. Can I guess which one is your favorite? Please, Herc. You are so wrong. Really? Cheeseburger. Okay, the bear. Cheeseburger the bear. bear. Yes. I thought for sure it was going to be a Herc, dude. I like Herc. He has a, he has a heat-seeking RPG missile. Yeah, I thought but. for sure because, okay, so the first time you go and rescue Herc, you know, he's like, I got to go get my daddy's truck. And you go like, and you go, you go to this area and just like sitting in the car with him because he's driving and listening to him tell his story. You sure are a good listener. I just like, dude. That's Frank right there. Like, like just like Herc is Frank because you get to this area and you got to go get your, you got to go get your, your daddy's truck. And he gets out. He's got his heat seeking RPG missile. Dude literally just runs in and starts shooting. I was like, that's Frank right there. Like literally no stealth freaking giant bazooka just blowing stuff up. (laughs) I was like, he's definitely my number two. uh, you, you know me, no, no stealth. I run in there with a friggin' bear. Okay, that's what I do. I, I know you are. That's that's yeah. I but see, but, I'm not. I I never use cheeseburgers. So I don't know how he acts in the game. I didn't try out all the companions. So. But 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 uh, you have the ability uh, later on to buy thing to buy, to buy upgrades. So you can buy like a parachute. You can buy a wingsuit. Yes. You can buy a second companion slot. Yeah, you can. So so, so you know I rolled deep. Yeah. So you had Herc and cheeseburger. You know that. <laughs> There's there's no stealth in my game whatsoever. No, I mean, the, 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 what's her name? I want to say it's Jess. Jess Black. Black. Jess Black. It was, it was the Huntress. That's the one I rolled with at all times. I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that, that's definitely a, a right character. That's the one that who, that was my that was my main companion. So you her and Grace. Would you call your old? Because one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yep, that was my that was my team. So I had I always I rolled with Jess originally. Uh, she was my first one. Well, I obviously because I did John's area first, so I had Grace originally. But okay. Grace, Grace always stands back and snipes people off. I I always ran with. Um, I typically had an AR, but I had a, a you know a silencer on it, so that way I could just put it down to one bullet and I'll use it kind of like a sniper rifle. But it was still if I had to uh, if I had to you know do it burst fire, I could switch it as well. Uh, I, I so I ran with a with a with that and I ha- also had a crossbow as my my other weapon that I always brought with me. Um, but as soon as I got Jess, I stopped bringing the crossbow because she covered everything I needed to for crossbow. So I started running with an AR and a sniper rifle. So we had basically two snipers and a crossbow and there was nothing we couldn't pick off from at range. 
And it's just impressive so many different ways you can play this game. Like literally it adapts to your play style yeah. and you can basically play this game however you want. Like if you want to play like you with a freaking bear and a heat seeking RPG guy and probably some guy with a crazy machine gun running in. You can do that like the game. The game will let you there's 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 yeah. nothing that says you can't do that. If you want to play it completely stealth with two, three characters standing back at range, two sniper rifles and a, and a crossbow, you can do that and pick literally every single person off at range. If you want it, if you want to, or you can do what I did sometimes when I got bored and jump in a freaking helicopter and just blow everything up. Because yeah, that works, that too. There were there were times when I jumped in a helicopter, flew over the outpost, dropped bombs, and they just cleared it within like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so like the game literally lets you play any way you want to play. And that's fun to me. You could also play co-op with a friend. You and I could have played together if we wanted to. We just never linked up like we could have done some of the missions together if we wanted to. So there is co-op in this game. There is multiplayer um, if, you, if you so choose to do that. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. Who knows? We can probably jump in, you know, later on. Yeah, we can, we, we can mess around one of these days. Let's just screw around. Yeah, we can mess around in it one of these days. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the world building here because the little details found throughout the game when you're exploring, like the voice messages left on the answering machines yes. or the letters that you find like in cabinets or on cabinets in these houses are just randomly thrown about or these magazines that you can pick up and learn hunting spots and just listening to the NPCs talk to one another. There's a lot going on here in Hope County, Montana, and they did a lot here to to make this a fully fleshed out world. And it's basically you're seeing these people give up, so to speak. And it's kind of sad because, you know, like fighting back against the seeds, it's almost pointless because they're going to win. Like these people are giving up. They're, they're taking over everybody. They're, they're turning them into these cultist maniacs. And it's just like this, this whole area is going, is going to crap. And you see this through these voicemails. Like you hear the sadness in their, in their, in their voices through these voicemails. And the, the NPCs talking about days where, you know, before all this used to happen and the letters and, and dude, it, it was heartbreaking. Some of the stuff that you were finding throughout the world in the game. Uh, I think, I think Ubisoft did a great job fleshing out this world and making it something that's interesting to go through and interesting to progress through. I don't know. Did you, did you stop and read all that stuff along the way? I did. I did, I did a lot of stuff along the way. Yeah. I, I, like I said, so many Easter eggs, so many little things here and there. Mm -hmm. Just it, this game was immersive. Like it was, it was longer than I thought it would be. But then again, I made it longer by being so, I, I did most of, I, well, I did all the main story missions. I did some side stuff. I did um, a little bit of leveling. I think I put around 30 hours into the game for, for, for just main story. I lost count. I played yeah. it there. I, I, I promised that I was going to beat the game. So I went ahead yeah, and power through. Of course, of course, of course. Um, you did mention the wingsuit, that kind of stuff earlier. So I do think it's yeah. worth mentioning. There is a perk system in this game. So, I mean, I definitely yes. want to, I definitely want to mention there's a perk system here because it does have some RPG like elements, much like we talked about with God of War earlier in the episode. There is a perk system here because as you progress and do things and you can go find these prepper stashes. And sometimes when you open them up, like open up the safes, there'll be perks in there that you can find as well, like perk points. So the prepper stashes are worth going to because you get more perk points and you can unlock all the different perks. Uh, that's how you equip more weapons, get more um, AI slots, uh, upgrade your reload time, carry more items with you and just have access to a bunch of different stuff like a grapple hook, a wingsuit, a parachute like you. That all comes through the perk system or you can have self repairing cars so you don't have to worry about cars getting destroyed. Uh, the perk system is very deep and allows you to customize the way you want to play as well. 
So if you want to focus more on heavy machinery, you can do that. Not the tag team in NXT, but you can do that if you'd like to do that. Or, you know, if you want to focus more on stealth, you can do that as well, because you can make it to where your sprinting makes less noise. When you're crouched down, you move quicker, much like Dead by Daylight's uh, Urban Evasion perk. Uh, you can definitely play around like that as well. Um, last thing I personally want to mention is the soundtrack in this game, because I think the soundtrack is really good for what it is. So you have a mix of these very like him like things with with the cult talking about, you know, the water cleansing your soul and very church like yeah. things you would hear, but just kind of like more diabolical or just nature sounds itself. Or classic rock, man. It, this this the soundtrack is mostly classic it's rock. All, it's all in there. Yeah, it's mostly classic rock. So it's really really cool. And obviously, when I you're driving around, you can hear you can mess around with the radio and stuff. I loved how they used the platters only you in this thing. Yes, that we mentioned that earlier. Yeah, such a perfect usage of that song. It Very, was. It was. It, it's. I don't think I can ever hear that song again without thinking of this game. Yeah. Like, like, um, you forever, you forever took it away from being just an awesome song to something that's really, really something messed up. very, very sinister, <laughs> very, very sinister. Um, favorite moment in the game? What would you say it is? I without say, without the, spoilers, the, okay. I, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil. But the ending okay. to me was absolute perfection. There's two endings. I got that's the what one. that's what Justin said too. So it was absolute perfection. I, I've never seen such a beautiful payoff. Okay. Um, and even by saying that, I'm not spoiling anything. You guys play this game. Play, play this game. Play this game. Get 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 the best ending. Yeah. Um, or look up the best ending if you if you just want to see what I'm talking about. Yeah. I had a happy tear in my eye. Nice. Oh, just how just how, just how amazing this was. So. Right. Uh, other than that, just maybe the first time you meet uh, Faith was, was okay. pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah, that was a good moment. That was a good moment. Mine here, my favorite moment in the game. Is Clutch Nixon. <laughs> okay. Everything you do when you're basically filling the role of Clutch Nixon. So when you're exploring throughout the world, you'll come across these little stands like these, like you would see at a memorial park or like a historical park. And you're basically reading the, all these feats that Clutch Nixon did. And there's fireworks going off. And you you go in and you do this. And like this eagle flies out from an explosion in an American flag in the background. And the, you know, the Star Spangled Banner starts playing. And then you get in here and you do these Clutch Nixon moments, whether it's driving through these fire hoops or wing, you know, wing suiting off of a mountain or, you know, all these different things. Speed biking on these little narrow paths dude incredible the, those moments were absolutely it, incredible it was it was beautiful yeah I mean, they thought of everything they did they did they this game was a lot of fun to play um they're still they were obviously it's not a perfect game it's not there there's a lot of things that there but it, it, Actually, it, it, I've, it's I've, a fun I've game right before i mean they took the same four or five faces on the cultists but yeah there's there's not there's not many uh there's not many variations when it comes to that kind of stuff um, and then I just think that I think that there's there's too many missions in this game. I think there are too many missions. I think, you know, that's it's mission bogged down at some point. Like there's just so much you can do. And I think that there could there could have been less side missions and more of a focus on main story missions that told more of the story, because I think there's a lot of story that they left untold here in Hope County. There's a lot of areas that I went to that I was like, wow, I wish there was a reason I was going here as opposed to just going here just simply to go here and explore, because there's certain areas that you go to in all three regions that no, no quest points you there. Like, it's just you go there if you want to go there and explore, but there's no reason to why you're there. Other than just to see what's there, whether it's, you know, just an enemy or, you know, see if there's some loot there that you could pick up or whatever. So while that's still cool, I wish there was something telling me, OK, well, what happened here? Why is this abandoned or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of wanted more out of the story from that aspect. 
Um, but all in all, though, I think Far Cry 5 is definitely worth playing. I think it's I think it's a game that you will definitely enjoy if you're a fan of open world. I think it's this this might be the best Ubisoft game yet, to be to be honest, uh, and in terms of Ubisoft formula, where it's checking boxes because there are no towers. You did mention it. They do make a joke about climbing towers at the beginning of the game. Um, you know, that's I, I think this is the best Ubisoft formula game to exist to date, where there's all this stuff to do in the open world, but a majority of it has a reason for you doing it so i definitely think ubisoft did a really good job here with this game i think it's a lot of fun um and i think far cry 5 like i said it's far cry 5 is probably the best far cry experience to date i want to give this an because because i think there could have been i could i think i could have been better but it wasn't terrible i want to give this an official level down game score of an 8 out of 10 do you agree I was hovering in the 80s, so that's okay. definitely for me. Okay. Okay. I want to. I want. I want to give this an eight out of ten for 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 for, for Level Down Games, the official Absolutely. score. I, honestly, I can't wait for the Ubisoft announcements at E3. Now, I'm hoping. Yep. So, has the DLC been out for the release of this yet? Kind of like there's the Mars, no. or zombies. No. Nope. Not yet. Is. Yeah, not yet, not yet. But I'm sure they'll. I'm sure we'll see the DLC on Far Cry Five here coming up at E3. So, but yeah, if you're if you're on the fence about Far Cry Five, if for whatever reason you haven't played it yet. It's worth playing. Check this game out. So for the second half of this, I want to do something that I think might be a little bit of fun here. Obviously, last week we talked about our origin story with video games. Well, there's a hashtag going on right now on Twitter. Hashtag. No, no, not that one. Hashtag GameStruck4. And basically what this is, somebody came up with and I, I, I don't know the actual origins of GameStruck4. I don't know. You might. But so, something was trending on Twitter to where people were talking about like four influential things. And somebody said, OK, well, let's let's turn this into the realm of video games. So the hashtag GameStruck4 is basically everyone talking about four influential games that had an impact on your life or an impact on you or that defined who you are. So I want to I want to do this. I want to talk about. Obviously, we talked about our origin stories last week, so I want to do the hashtag GameStruck4. So what are four influential games that define who Frank is? What do you got? I can easily, I can easily do this, and I fought myself internally on this a little bit. Okay. Uh, number one, Super Mario Bros. 3. Okay. By and far, 100%. Got the Bowser tattoos, got the Mario. I've, I, it made me, it, it solidified me as a Nintendo fan through and through. Okay. Uh, definitely my, my love of platformers. Number two, Mortal Kombat. Okay. That's what got me into fighters, and I've been a fighting guy ever since. Uh, I think the next one's obvious. It's Mist. Okay. Uh, that's where that's where my puzzle, my PC gaming, all came in, uh, and I've never left. Never ever left. No, you're still going strong uh, in the in the puzzle genre to this day. Yeah. And number four, probably the most recent one in the whole series, is the the Fallout games. Uh, more okay. specifically, starting with starting with two. Okay, Fallout two. Start starting with two, but the full. I, I, Fallout 2. We'll just, we'll just okay. put it in Fallout 2. Because okay, uh, Fallout, was... Fallout 2 is what made you love Fallout in general, so... Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the best way to define me with those four games. That's uh, uh, that, that's it. I mean, there's there's a certain things that I'm surprised you actually didn't pick. Yeah, yeah there's no Mega Man. There's no Zelda. Yeah. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. These are big things. They're big things in my... You know, but, like, define, you know, if you had to narrow it down to four things that did truly define you... Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder than you think. It is, but for me, it actually wasn't. So let me let me talk my my hashtag GameStruck for here. Um, and these are so obvious too. Like if you know anything about me, my four games are so obvious. So number one is World of Warcraft. Oh, fancy. 
<laughs> no, number one is World of Warcraft. No Final Fantasy okay. on my list. World of Warcraft is number one for me. Um, it is the the game that basically defines who I am to this day. I've been to BlizzCon. I am a giant Blizzard fanboy. Uh, I like everything they put out. I, I even like StarCraft, even though I'm not good at it. But I like the lore behind StarCraft. I love Diablo, love Hearthstone, love Heroes of the Storm, love Overwatch, love Warcraft. I am a Blizzard. Warcraft is my number one, though, before it comes to Blizzard. But I'm a Blizzard fanboy through and through. Uh, I've been playing since Warcraft 2. I did not play the original, but I played Warcraft 2. I played Warcraft 3. I played the Frozen Throne. And then obviously that went and transitioned into World of Warcraft. And I have been there not since the first year. I did not play in 2004, but I started playing in 2005, taking a few breaks in between. But I'm still going strong here in 2018, 14 years later after the game came out. I'm still going strong Uh, and the game is still going strong. The game is not slowing down anytime soon. Battle for Azeroth literally comes out in August. So, you know, the, the, the game is still doing new expansions every other year. We're getting new content updates on a regular basis, anywhere from six to t- six to nine months apart. Um, and, and it's it's amazing. Like. And I've put so much of my life into this game. Like, if you look at my playtime throughout my history in Warcraft, it's it's years, man. It's it's years like I, I have over 500. I have over for 500 some hours or 500 some days worth of playtime in World of Warcraft. Wow. And, and that's, you know, 500 times 24 is how many hours I put into this game. <laughs> now, granted, some of that is sitting there idle and, you know, just scanning the auction house, selling stuff and, you know, sitting there waiting for raids to start. So, I mean, like it's not but like you you just that's over the span of 14 years. So that's not terrible, but it is terrible at the same time. But that's why World of Warcraft has to be number one for me, because it basically it, it defines who I am as, as a gamer. I will always be a World of Warcraft fan. I will play this game. I will subscribe to it. I will pay for it until the server is legitimately shut down whenever they did such idea, if they ever decide to do that. Um, but like just the music in Warcraft, some of my favorite music of all time, the lore behind the games, World of Warcraft is definitely number one for me. Number two is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. This, obviously, A Link to the Past. I, I contemplated saying A Link to the Past. I did. Because yeah. a, Link to, a Link to the Past is what made me love The Legend of Zelda. A Link to the Past is what made me fall in love with The Legend of Zelda. But it wasn't until Ocarina of Time where I actually legitimately became a Zelda fan. Like, A Link to the Past, I played it a couple different times before I got to Ocarina of Time. But as soon as Ocarina of Time came out in 1998, when I got that game for Christmas, I was enthralled. I was amazed by what I was doing. I absolutely loved everything about it. I spent so much time in Hyrule going through those dungeons. I played through this game multiple times on the N64. This was this this was my love for the longest time. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was about as as perfect of a game as you could have gotten back in 1998. Um, the, The game was incredible. The music was incredible. And there was just so many different theories and secrets out there about the game. It just made it fun. So that that solidified my love for The Legend of Zelda. I've played every single one since then on launch day. I have not skipped a Zelda launch in history since Ocarina of Time. Um, and, And I don't think I ever will. I think The Legend of Zelda will forever be one of my top favorite video game franchises of all time. Number three for me, I also have a Mario game on my list, but it's not Mario 3. It's Super Mario 64. This again, we got the N64 era here, but I didn't realize how amazing video games could be until Mario 64 came out when it launched with the N64. Getting that for Christmas that year on Christmas Eve at my grandma's house in 1996, playing Mario 64 that night when I got home and hooked it up to my TV. 
controlling like i said i told this story before i spent two hours literally two hours before walking through the doors of peach's castle i spent two hours outside in that little area just running and jumping and climbing trees and swimming through the water and being amazed like i i thought like dude this is the game this is so cool there's so much more to it than that like there's this whole world that exists behind those doors and i didn't even know it i'm just out there climbing trees and getting coins and, and having fun like and that that to me like just without Mario 64, I don't know if I'd still be playing games to this day. I don't because I I had an NES. I had a Super NES, but I was never day one had to have games, that kind of stuff. After Mario 64, I was day one. I need this game. I, I, I had subscriptions to Nintendo powers, but, you know, like it was just, OK, what what do I want next? What do I what, what do I want for Christmas? Because I was a gamer, but I was more at that time, you know, you know when when the, when I had the Super NES, you know, I was six, five, six, no, not five, but like six, seven, eight years old, nine years old. I'm out there playing outside with my friends, riding my bike. Like that's kind of the stuff that was in, on the forefront of my mind. It wasn't video games, sadly to say, even though video games was still a love of mine. I loved going home and playing Punch Out on the SNES or, you know, Ocarina of Time or Mario Super Mario World or Super Off-Road with my dad. I loved playing video games, but like I would always go outside and play when I had the opportunity with my friends. As soon as I played Super Mario 64, I was hooked, man. And video games became number one for me in my life. They did. So while I still went outside and played with friends, video games came first and they still do to this day. So um, that's why that's why you and I do four weekly podcasts, three of them yeah. being about video games. That's why I'm on Twitch, you know, 40 plus hours a week. That's why we have a website dedicated to video game reviews and news and articles. That's why we are doing stuff in this industry because of our love of video games. And for me, without Super Mario 64, I don't know if I would still be doing it. I definitely, definitely understand that right there. We'll, yeah. we'll come back to that after, after your last game. Yeah. Number four is something I'm surprised to make your list for you. But that's because of all the hours I spent in this game and everything that this game means to me. It's Animal Crossing. I'll explain that a little bit as well. Why yeah. you make the list. A Animal Crossing to me is number four, because this when animal when an OK, let me let me go back to Nintendo Power. When they were talking about Animal Forest on the N64, because Animal Forest that, yes. was supposed to be localized here in the United States and released on the Nintendo 64, but they bumped it to the GameCube and called it Animal Crossing. Um reading about Animal Forest and basically the way that Nintendo Power presented it in their magazine. So basically they were presenting it as this person living their life and just doing a journal diary, which you could also do in the game, which is why when, when I saw that, I realized why they did it in the bag in the magazine, but basically just talked about everything they did that day. You know, oh, I went out and visited with my villagers and, you know, found some stuff and went shopping and got a new shirt. And then I went and did this festival and we got bugs and like, at that moment, I realized Animal Crossing was everything I've ever wanted in a video game. Like it was basically a life simulator where you're living in this town full of animals and you can go and celebrate Halloween and Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's and there's fireworks and all this different types of stuff. Animal Crossing is incredible. And I'm so excited for the Nintendo Switch version. I'm hoping it gets announced at, uh, in June at E3. I'll be there day one. But Animal Crossing is number four for me. So that's my game struck for Warcraft, Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64 and Animal Crossing. You had mentioned like all these games, like, oh, how, how could this be missing from your list? How could this be missing from your list? And I, I put some thought behind this. Why yeah. I'm doing this. For me, Super Mario 3 encompasses my entire love of Nintendo. OK, like I've been I've been hooked to every 
major franchise, with the exception of maybe the Metroid Primes. Sure. Uh, and, and Pikmin. Uh, every major <laughs> franchise. Uh, I, just, I just don't get it. Right. Uh, I've, I've, I've been hooked. Like, they, 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 they have a license to print money with with, with Frank. Right. Um, you, you almost bought a Lavo. Almost. Uh, I just went by it there. Uh, yeah. Mist. Mist really hooked me from being a console gamer to a PC gamer for a long, long time. Right. Very long time. Um there was a good chunk of time, like you said. I I preferred going out and playing with friends, uh, but you know, and Mist was middle school to high school, right. uh, late middle school. So you know, that's your best time to play with friends. Mm-hmm. Fallout Two um, is what got me back into video games. I I stopped for a while. Okay. Fallout Two and more so, probably even more so, Fallout Three later on, because um, they're just hearing a sequel was coming out. I stopped playing video games. I, I legit just gave up on it. I mean, you never really quit. You played things here and there. Right. I was I was really wasn't buying games. I, I, I actually missed the initial run of the N64 and PS1. Okay. I, I, can't, I, can't, I went back and bought them later in their cycle. Right. But without without Fallout 2, without that being the... First of all, without Mist getting me into PC games, without Fallout 2 being there and existing for me to, to enjoy, I wouldn't be playing video games today. I, I, I probably say I wouldn't be playing video games today. Okay. Uh, which, which is crazy. I mean, like, trust me, you, you know the amount of time that I've spent playing Zelda, the amount of time I've spent playing Animal Crossing to no end. Right. Uh, you, you and I would be up for 15, 16 hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> all Animal Crossing all the time, baby. Just just constantly on there. Uh, yeah. But Fallout is such a it, – it's a it's a beacon game to me. Like, Portal didn't make my list. And no, like, I know. Oh, I was surprised. Portal 2 didn't make your list. Which, which again, missed kind of encompasses all that because it's yeah. the first puzzle, well, not even the first puzzle game, but the first real PC puzzle game that locked me into these games. So. Right, 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 right. It's, it's it's so hard to pick four. Four four was painstaking. Mario three and Mortal Kombat seemed like the only obvious ones there, and I probably could even fight myself on those if I really wanted to. Yeah. I mean, Mario. I probably probably swap it off with Mario two. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's that's awesome. That was an awesome discussion because it's like. I'm surprised I didn't hear Final Fantasy there. Yeah, I know. No Final Fantasies. No, uh, no actual JRPGs in general. But, um, but that's just because. I mean, yeah, my love of JRPGs is strong. But those are those are basically my top four games too. Like th- those are my top four favorite games. Like, yeah, if if you add a fifth, it's probably Dragon Quest Eight. But um, like that would be my number five for my top five video games of all time. But those four right there are my number four. That's why my Game Struck Four was so easy because it's legit my favorite yeah. games of of all time as well. <laughs> But uh, let's go ahead and move into this week's rendition of Revisiting the Classics. Uh, so for Revisiting the Classics this week, uh, I'm going to talk about part two of a game of, of, of I got two games when I was a kid. OK, I want to say this is 91, 92. OK, uh, my mom bought me two Super Nintendo games. One we talked about that was Visual Aid Super Ninja Boy. OK, yeah. Remember that uh, one? Which now the other game she got me, she got me because the. The cover looked cool. Same reason you got me Super Ninja Boy. Okay. And that was Chuck Rock. Chuck Rock. Now, Chuck Rock is a fit. It's, it's, it's a side-scrolling platform. I love when so you have the visual aids. <laughs> I have, like, I, I, I'm never getting rid of my Super Nintendo games. They, I know. They're near and dear. I know. Uh, so, so Chuck Rock is a side-scrolling platform game set in the prehistoric time. So okay. you already got, you, you've already hooked me. You're already hooked. Uh, um, and he is a rock star. Like he's a, he's in a band. Mm-hmm. His name is Chuck Rocks. Obviously, like Chuck Berry. Okay. He also likes to throw rocks because he chucks rocks. 
uh, <laughs> and this game had okay music, but he had it had one sound effect. Anytime that he got hurt, it was unga bunga. Okay, I can hear that a lot because I die a lot. Mm-hmm. I was a kid. What can I say? Of course. Uh, so, but the, but the basic plot of this game is that your girlfriend Ophelia Rock is kidnapped by the local bully Gary Gritter, kind of like Gary Glitter, right? And cat. And carried away, and you have to you have to find your way through using your belly as your weapon, uh, and th- and throwing rocks uh, to jump to higher platforms. Not an easy game, super Frank, fun game. Are you Chuck Rock? Pretty much. <laughs> I, 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 I I don't have an awesome mohawk, but um, <laughs> I, I got I got this game Christmas, um, and at the time it was ninety one, so it was just me and Nicole mm-hmm. playing this game. Um, Angela's a baby, so uh, me, me and Nicole playing this, and she had no interest in this game. So this is this is, it made, made the game even better for me because I mm-hmm. had to share. Uh, it was it was super Nintendo time all to myself. Nice. Um, but the game is colorful. It's bright. This game also came out on the Sega um, Mega Drive and all okay. like that or Gen- Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. Uh, it, was, it was put out by Core Design, and uh, I'm sure you know who Core Design is famous for. Right? That's Lara Croft, of course. Raider. of course, of course, of that, course. That, that's 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 who they are. Uh, eventually, they were bought out by Idos, who makes another favorite game of mine. Yeah. Soul Reaver, make it happen, guys. Make it yeah. happen. Legacy you can bring it back. Uh, <laughs> and then, obviously, it would eventually end up at uh, Crystal Dynamics, Tomb Raider. Exactly. So, so. It, they, they, they think they lost the rights in '96. Yeah. Um, or after '96. Um. But the game was so popular, or the character was so popular, he was the initial core design mascot. And then mm-hmm. back then, everything was a mascot. Right, yeah, you had uh, to have that, a mascot back then. You had to. Everyone had actually, one. Chuck Rock actually spawned some UK comic books in the 90s okay. as well. All, all about you know, the, this this rock star caveman. Mm-hmm. But I remember playing this game, and this, here, here's the story. Here's story time with, with Frank. Story time with Frank. I'm playing this game, and it's, as I mentioned before, very hard game, but very fun game. Okay. So I'm going through, going through, and I finally have gotten to level seven. That's the last level. Okay. Uh, level seven. I'm ready to go, good, good, good to Gary Gritter. I'm going to kick his ass, and I'm going to save my girlfriend and win the day. And it was a day like any other. It was a little, little rainy outside. And in real life, I or hear, in the game. In real life. Okay. Uh, and I hear, <laughs> I hear a car accident. Okay. Terrifying. So I pause the game. I ran outside, and somebody had actually hit, their, hit, hit, hit the fence in my yard. They slid and hit, they, they landed. They were fine. They were fine. Sure. But they, they ended up they ended up in the middle of my yard. Okay. They stood up my house on the corner. They're in the middle of the yard. So pause the game. Mom, mom, somebody hit the fence. And unfortunately, this happened like once or twice a year. Um, <laughs> somebody hit the fence, so we went out there, made sure they were okay, did the whole shebang bang there. And the fire department came, and they got it. I come back. To play my game after everything is all said and done, and Nicole is watching My Little Pony. Okay. She turned off my game. <laughs> Maybe twenty minutes away from me beating this game, which is impossible. I never got to level seven before. Mm-hmm. I was at the end. I don't remember there being a continue system or or, or, or limited continues. Mm-hmm. She turned on my game. She's sitting there watching My Little Pony, and I get the shakes, like because you want to hit her, but she's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hit her. I, just, I had to how, old, how old were you? Nine years old. Okay. <laughs> I'm having the shakes like, oh my God, what are you doing to me? Why are you ruining my life? And then I started blaming the person outside for hitting the fence. And my, my mother had to yell at me like, it's just a game. And I've never beaten this game. 
Never. Never. I've actually went back and tried to play it this week too. Okay, uh, so you tried to you tried to beat it this week before the show. Got to level six. Huh? Is, is it that hard of a game? It's it's very it's a lot of tedium. It's 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 difficult. It's 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 nineties difficult. You know what I mean? Like okay. you made it hard for this to be hard. So, but it's not it's not a bad game. It's it's a good game. I love okay. the game. Okay. I just it's one of those games that it's so hard to sit sit myself down to actually play it mm-hmm. when I have a thousand other games I want to play. Right. I, I swear it's a life goal. I will beat this game eventually. Okay. Uh, and that actual yeah, cartridge too. That's the one you're going to beat. Yeah, yeah. It's going to pop into my Super Nintendo over there. I'm going to beat this game. It's going to happen. Damn you, Nicole. Damn you to hell. You would have done it. You would. You would have done it so many years ago. But I would have done it. Oh yeah, I would have done it like twenty something years ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just it, it'll happen. It shall be done. It'll, it'll, it'll actually be the games we were playing. I'm going to put it on there. <laughs> okay. Late review. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. <laughs> a late review 30 something years later. Chuck, uh, Chuck Rock review coming soon to the Max Level podcast. But yeah, that's my story. Uh, and apparently friendship is magic. Friendship is magical. That's going to bring us into a little kickstart my heart. Oh, yeah. Hope it never stops. And I'm going back to a board game this week. And I found because I saw this and obviously we're, we're talking revisiting the classics here. We're talking some 90s retro stuff. And there's a board game that always sticks out in my mind as one of my favorites of all time when it comes to to board games that that are no longer still in production. This is a game. Candyland? No, there, there's two actually that, that I need to actually get. Uh, one of them is 13 Dead End Drive. Because I love that game, even though it's still, even, have, even, still have it to this day. I used to have it. It actually got destroyed when I in one of my moves. Because oh. I moved so many different times, it actually it happens, got destroyed. It Trust me, it happens. It actually got destroyed in one of my moves. The other one is Tornado Rex. <gasps> so Tornado Rex. Tornado, Tornado Rex is uh, is one of my favorite all time games. It's not Tornado Rex on Kickstarter though. Don't search Tornado Rex. But the game that we're going to talk about today is very much inspired by Tornado Rex. The game on Kickstarter is called Fireball Island, an 80s board game reignited and restored. So maybe this is where Tornado Rex actually got it from, but I have never heard of Fireball Island before. But they're saying this is an 80s board game reignited and restored, fully updated look and play, a highly interactive game of press your luck, card play and set collection, but mostly giant fireballs. So if you look at like the board layout there, it looks almost identical to to Tornado Rex. You have a little yeah, thing. On, you have a little thing on the top that you screw in, and you push it, and it falls down a thing, and it knocks off your little people as they climb up the mountain. So, I I never knew that this game was a thing. Like, if, if this is a game from the '80s, I never knew about it. All I know is Tornado Rex, and Tornado Rex was the '90s. So, I want to read the description here. This is from uh, well, first of all, this is from Rest- Restoration Games, and they were literally looking for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They're at 1.7 million for this game, dude. They're at 1.7 million with 12 days to go. You know what? I played Fireball Island. Have you? So, okay, so this is actually a, a legit thing. This, this, is a, this is a legit thing, but this definitely looks better. This is definitely a better looking game. Okay, okay. Um, it, it says here, when we started Restoration Games, we asked you to tell us which games to bring back. The number one request by far was Fireball Island. After more than a year of hard work, we are thrilled to announce Fireball Island is back. Fireball Island, the curse of Volcar, improves on the art components and gameplay of the original. If you love the game as a child, you'll see we turned that delightful chaos up to the max. 
If you've never played it before, you'll appreciate it as a fun, exciting game for kids, families, and gamers alike. It says here that, um, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? I just saw it on here. So there's all these different cards, and it, like I said, it basically looks like Tornado Rex. Like, you put these fireballs in the, in the volcano at the top, and they roll down there, and they slowly destroy the island or the, uh, or the... It's, it's an island. It's, it's an island. It's, it's an island. And yeah. you, you draw these cards and it says, send all the marbles and the scar through Volcar. Do not rotate Volcar. So whatever way Volcar is, like, that's where the marbles are going to go down. And if your people are on that path, they're going to get destroyed. And that's the way Tornado Rex was, too, because Tornado Rex, you spun him in there and then he would tornado his way down and he would take all these twisting, winding paths and go down a certain way. And, you know, if he went down that way and he took out your person, then you had to go back to start and start over. And that's just exactly what Fireball Island looks like. So when did you play this game? I'm curious. The 80s when I was a kid, probably like 89. Okay. I, I just I, I had to look it up and it's very it's I, I definitely played this game. This new version is a hundred thousand times better. It looks like it is, too. And it comes with all these different uh, expansions and stuff. If you actually um, if you know, if you pledge for the right uh, for the right actual tiers here. So like it says here, so let's let's look at the tiers. $20 or more, you'll get a brick and mortar game store only. So this is for verified brick and Oh wow. Okay. So if you own a game store, you pledge $20 and that'll actually they'll send you the game when it's ready to ship so you can actually sell it in your store. That's actually kind of interesting. Pledge $60 or more and feel the burn, you'll get the base game. So it includes the Fireball Island, the Curse of Volcar and the Treasure Trove expansion game. Uh, if you pledge $130 or more, you get the base game and all the expansions because there's four different expansions. Um, that's not bad. Again, like we talked about before with the uh, the other the other board game we talked about, 130 bucks for four for four games is not bad in today's modern pricing structure for for board games because modern board games are anywhere from 30 to 50 dollars per game now. So so for all that for 130 bucks is not bad at all. Um, I'm actually wow. gonna, I'm actually going to pledge to this one because I want this game. I want you to have this game. Yeah, I definitely am going to get this game. And then they had some stretch goals, too. They had um, they 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 unlocked everything, man. They've they've unlocked so many different things through stretch goals. Their next one here was the one point seven one. Uh, they already obviously already got it because they're at one point seven million. The Golden Idol Treasure for Last Adventurer expansion at one point eight million. They're going to have crippling, crippling, cripplingly. That's hard to say. Cripplingly beautiful art for injury cards will be at the 1.8 million. At 1.9 million, Hangry, four more bonus cards for the Take That mini expansion. And at 2 million, if they everyone get there, new cooperative game mode. So pretty, pretty exciting, pretty exciting. And if they keep getting past that, because we still have 12 days to go, they said that um, they said that they'll actually, you know, keep adding more stretch goals as well. So they're actually going on a tour as well. They're going to be yeah, at you, you, you just missed it for the Ohio. I know I was going to April 17th was the Cleveland, Ohio Tabletop Cafe and April 18th was Columbus, Ohio at Tabletop Game Cafe. Um, New York was back in April 12th. The Uncommons and Hex and Company, New York City, New York. Yep. So kind of a, kind of a, kind of unfortunate that we actually didn't get to go to the tour because this is a game I'm going to play, dude. Like this game looks so fun to me. I miss Tornado Rex. And I think this will fill my, my my void of not having Tornado Rex anymore because I could buy Tornado Rex if I wanted to. But this one just looks like so much fun. But yeah, that's uh, that's kickstart my heart for this week. Um, Fireball Island. That looks exciting to me. 
Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to pledge to that. I don't know what tier I'm going to jump. I do want all the ex I, I really do want all the expansions, but I really don't have 130 bucks. I might just have to jump in at the base game plus one expansion. But uh, I, I see it, it's like I, I want to pledge this because I want to make sure I get it. But like at the same time, like if they sold it in stores, I would much rather buy it in a store to help support a local store as well. But it doesn't matter. Like I, I, I'm going to get this game regardless. It looks like so much fun to me. But let's go to a little. Are you afraid of the dark? We got a uh, we got a fun one here. We got a fun one here based on one of our favorite video game franchises of all time. And this one here was an exciting find to me. It's really short though. This might be the shortest Are You Afraid of the Dark we've done. Submitted for the approval of the Level Down Game Society. I call this story the tale of the uninvited guest. Alexa, turn off the lights. I've had Animal Crossing New Leaf for about a month now, and starting this week, I've had some strange issues coming up. It all started one day when I opened my 3DS from its sleep state to see that a ring of yellow roses had been planted around my character. Knowing I hadn't done such a thing, I wrote it off as a very odd coincidental villager flower bombing. I proceeded with my play of mayor as usual, shaking the occasional tree or digging for fossils. Cube, the penguin, spotted me and wanted to talk. I approached and pressed A to speak with him. He got the chilled animation and said he met my new friend. I was confused because I never opened my city gates for anyone, and he had met my other AC pals weeks ago. It was shaping up to be a weird week indeed. Monday rolled around and I started up the game as per my now religious daily routine. The ring of flowers had all gone black and wilted. A dig spot was in the center where my character had been. Upon digging up this spot, I found an already assessed fossil, a peaking man. I didn't have this fossil and went to immediately donate it to Blathers, unthinking of the weirdness of such a find. When I tried to donate it, Blathers gave me the cold chill and said that he could not accept anything at this time. This confused me greatly and I went to just sell the thing to Tom Nook. I don't tend to keep good bells lying around. Neither retail or TNT would take it, giving me the same write-off as Blathers did, saying screw it, it went into my wardrobe. Tuesday rolls around. I began play expecting some new random event to irk me once more. Wiki's providing nothing on a glitch like this. No sooner than had my character walked outside his home did the train come rolling into town. No alert scroll, no name, just a character walking off the train named Underscore. Wearing a starry shirt, basic pants, blue shoes, a jester mask, and blue spiked hair. As I approached this mystery guest, a golden net was in their hands. I chatted to them, no response. I emoted to them, no response. They just stood there staring at my character, following him with a surgical gaze. I approached them finally to casually poke them with my net to elicit some form of response. They replied in kind, only when the net hit, the screen went black, the error screen of Rossetti frowning, appearing after a few moments. My character loaded back in eventually, waking up as if they'd just been bit by a tarantula or stung by a scorpion. I saved and quit the game. Today, my guest returned. I saved and shut off the game for a couple hours, this surely booting them out for a while. After turning the game back on, they were the one 
on my title screen, their stare piercing me, almost as if it were looking right at me. It's just a game. It's just the mask. I loaded in to find them just looking at me once more. I ignored it. I went about my routine as they followed, planting black roses in their wake whenever I stopped to handle something. I soon got annoyed and saved and quit once more. Once again, I returned to see them staring at me. I came in and ran at them. There's nothing I could do here. Animal Crossing has no fighting or even actions you can do. The axe itself just bounces off anything living, but that's when I saw their axe, golden and shimmering. They approached my character. I walked away. They began to run. I ran as well. I got caught on the tree. They did not. They swung and the screen went black. After Resetti's disappointed face left the screen, my character did not leave the house. I saved and quit upon trying to start up again. The face was still there. I had no continue option, only a new game. As if that character no longer existed, my other character was gone. I started a new game, but there was no issue. We'll see how long this lasts. It's really ironic though. In my new town, with my new character, at Sable and Mabel's, exists a starry shirt and a jester mask. What? <laughs> you want to see me burn a copy of my game? That's what you do. Little little fun Animal Crossing New Leaf story there for you. Obviously made up, but still fun to talk about. That all these all these creepy bosses are. They're just, they're just fun. They're just fun. No, no meant to. You know, no. Don't take any. Uh, we're not trying to scare anyone here. We are trying to scare people. You're scaring me. I'm scaring you. Turn the lights on. Alexa, turn on living room. You're too scared. Too dark in there. Too dark in there. Here. There you go. You now you're no longer scared. Uh, I would love for this kind of stuff to happen in Animal Crossing. It would be so cool if it actually did. Not you? Do not, do not murder me in my game, please. <laughs> it's going to bring us to the close on today's episode of Max Level, unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss. I think we said it all. All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to this episode of the Max Level Podcast. And we also want to thank Dance with the Dead once again for all the awesome music. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis so you can throw money just like Frank is over there. Remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Were those $100 bills, dude? Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. Throw some of those my way. If you enjoyed what we had to say and are watching us on YouTube, like, share, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening on either iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't done so already. If you didn't like what we had to say, let us know that too. We always take the negative feedback alongside the positive. To stay up to date on all all things Level Down Games. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow the main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information. And finally, over at twitch.tv slash Level Down Games for all of our live streams, which are happening five, six, sometimes even seven days a week. Make sure you go back and watch the video on demand of the God of War playthrough. It's a great freaking game. You got to check that out. Feel free to say hello when you drop on by. And remember, if you sub to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, and leave us a review on iTunes, we will send you one, two, or maybe even more crappy Steam games. 
doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. And Glow, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, top 10 series, revisiting the classics, unboxings, Let's Plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home of the internet, hopefully yours as well, and it's also being redesigned to leveldowngames.com. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach Max Level!